0: Hello and welcome back to Cottonmouth Manchester, the podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford, and to our continuing series, Life in a Time of Coronavirus. Today I'm talking to Sir Richard Leese, the leader of Manchester City Council. There are a few bumps and scrapes in the audio along, along the way here, so apologies for that. but I'm, a fr- I'm sure our friends at Blueprint Salford will do their best to iron them all out. If you have any suggestions for future people to interview, please get in contact. I'm on Twitter at Cottonmouth MCR. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for joining us, Richard. Just to start with the obvious question, really, um, we're about four weeks in, I guess, um, talking on the 16th. So what have the last four weeks
1: been like for you? Well, we're slightly longer than four weeks in. It's just four weeks since lockdown that the, uh, the, the, the work started uh, before that. A number of uh, major work, work streams. The, the biggest, of course, is health and care. And although a lot of attention has been to what's going on in uh, our hospitals, there has been a phenomenal amount of work done, uh, not least to get people out of hospitals and providing uh, uh, extra care provision around the, around the uh, city. And that's taken an enormous amount of time and quite a lot of expense as well. But uh, the interaction between the health, health and care has been fairly crucial to get us into a position where we still have capacity in our hospitals at the moment. So Four weeks down and we're not running out of uh, hospital beds. Uh, Intensive care has had to be increased but we're in actually a surprisingly good place from that that point of view. Uh, Lots of work on uh, sourcing, how do we source PPE, how do we get more testing? Uh, Those tend to be uh, the big issues but a lot of time spent on that. Clearly a lot of our services have gone but some continue, some very very important services like refuse collection uh, that we've clearly in every area of service that there are staff who have either been isolated or have been uh, ill and refuse collection has not been immune to that so we've not been able to run a full summer service, we've now had stop uh, green collections but we are keeping waste collections uh, going. And we're keeping street cleaning uh, services going, although uh, we've been concentrating on street cleaning on the main routes and on areas we can't normally get into. So there, uh, there is activity going on uh, around there. Uh, a lot of work done with our schools and early year settings about making sure they can stay open. And uh, you know, we've had pretty much all of our schools staying open through uh, Easter holidays, uh, staff on a rotor system Similarly, with the, uh, the, I think there are about 30 day nurseries left open to make sure that they can continue to provide for children of key workers and also um, vulnerable children as well. So, to make sure that that provision uh, is in, in place. Quite a lot of work around uh, antisocial behaviour, and particularly to do with social distancing. So, uh, our enforcement staff working with Greater Manchester Police. Uh, dealing with some licensing issues, not very many, to be honest. Uh, some uh, stuff, g- people gathering in parks. By and large, uh, when people have been challenged about their behaviour, they've been pretty compliant. So there've been no issues. That big issues that have come out of uh, uh, out of that, but we, we've been dealing uh, with that. Um, uh, those outside of the the business stuff are probably the the big things that we've been. There are clearly uh, other things. Actually, I probably ought to mention bereavement services because, sadly, that has been a big uh, area of work as well, me- trying to make sure that we can maintain bereavement services and try and do it in as sensitive a way as possible, notwithstanding, again, we've had to impose social distance requirements around uh, funerals and cremations uh, as well. But bereavement's been a big area of work. Um, on. There's a lot of stuff we've been doing around business, but I suppose the most direct things we've been doing uh, is around business grants and uh, for a range of businesses, it is about changing their business rate bills, uh, which I think uh, was, I think the business rate bills were all changed earlier this week. So. Uh, uh, businesses uh, will be getting, in, in some cases, their new bills. Well, actually, all we're getting new bills. Clearly, for a lot of them, it, there will be bills that say zero uh, now rather than so something we'll be else. with, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, given we've not been t- those that pay direct debit, we've not been taking money off them uh, anyway. So, because uh, it didn't seem any point until we'd uh, changed uh, uh, the bills. The other big area which I, uh, we might want to talk a little bit more about is the. Uh, the grant system, the £10,000 and £25,000 grants. Um, as of uh, well, earlier this week, we've had our entire council tax staff working on that. So they're not working on council tax, they're working on uh, uh, the grants. But of the forms that have been received so far, only one in six has sufficient information or the right information to be processable. So the biggest delay is not a lack of council resource going into it. It is um, uh, information from businesses. And the biggest single issue we face is where uh, bank details do not match the business or we we are unable to connect bank details to a business. And clearly, if we can't connect the bank details to the business, we can't make a payment. Uh, Not least that we've already identified, as have other councils quite a significant number of attempted fraudulent applications
0: yeah so it's something that's come up a lot particularly with the nighttime economy which we're working obviously very closely with um, is in terms of terms of uh, the loans um, there are you know, the, the statements from government are sounding very good but then the amount of administration and the hoops are leapt through as it was described to to me in an earlier podcast um, it's not a natural uh, playing field for many of the people who, write, who, who run nighttime economy businesses. And I think that's probably the same same with some of the funds and also um, apply, applying for grants as well. It's not, a, it's not a natural place for many of those businesses to be, leaving aside the fraudulence, of course. Um, oh. so, so I think that's a message that certainly we can take back and, and we can work with the Chamber on taking back as well.
1: I think it's also that um, I think a lot of businesses have looked at it and thought that, that there's a lot of bureaucracy uh, here, and they are right. Uh, but what ba- Bays are saying the two things they're saying to councils that uh, 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 pay money out in advance of doing all your the due diligence tests we require. They recall why that is. However, when you've done all the due diligence tests, if the business doesn't pass and you've paid the money out, then that's your problem, not right. our problem. So know that we can't do that office obviously, uh, obviously so we have to we, we have to do the due diligence tests that uh, Bayes require us to. and uh, certainly I've not at detail on the forms but certainly uh, council staff are saying is that most of that bureaucracy is because that is what Bayes say that they require
0: taking a step back I mean in practical terms um, the majority of council staff presumably are now working from home. Did you you had in, in in place contingency plans for this sort of eventuality, or, or did it have to be come up? Did you have to come up with it on the
1: hoof? Uh, no, uh, th- there is always something called the Local Resilience Forum, which operates at Greater Manchester level. The ten councils put together their uh, civil contingency planning into one unit quite some time ty- uh, some time ago, uh, and one of the plans was for a pandemic. So yes, there was a pandemic plan. However, nobody had planned for a pandemic like this pandemic, (laughs) because it is um, um, nobody, and it's clear. So, uh, yes, there there was a certain element of uh, uh, pandemic planning, but this uh, has exceeded anything that we might have anticipated in terms of uh, uh, a pandemic. So we're not making it up as we go along, but we have effectively had to amplify what we would have done at a, a fairly rapid rate.
0: And, and are you continuing to operate as a council? So, uh, are full council meetings happening virtually? Are you, uh, your exec committee meetings happen, happening virtually? Is, is everything uh, as it was
1: just over Zoom or what, whatever equivalent? Uh, we're not having any meetings at, at, okay. at the moment. Uh, we still have um, probably about 2,000 pe- uh, 2, people who are uh, coming into work. Uh, we've got a, a larger number who are now working from home. We clearly have a large number of people because of what they do uh, can't work from home. So I've, I've just mentioned, although refuse collection operators don't work directly for, as they still effectively as well, you can't empty a bin uh, from uh, from home, you can't provide temporary care to somebody uh, from home. So there are an awful lot of people who are still uh, physically working because that's the only way that they can do the job, and we need to uh, uh, need need them to be able to. Uh, do that. So uh, in terms of meetings, we had a, a council meeting at the end of March, which was our standard one. Uh, it's worth looking at online because you will never ever see another council meeting like it probably. Uh, it was uh, restricted to quorum only. Uh, so we asked three quarters of the council not to come. No. <laughs> uh, uh, but everybody sat with at least two spaces in between each other. Uh, we this is within the rules we ro- rolled the entire business up to one item so we uh, we basically took one debate on and treated it as one item and uh, the entire council meeting i think lasted six minutes uh, so and, and at the moment we've put in place uh, delegations that mean that we don't need to have meetings now government has introduced regulations that does uh, allow us now to have remote meetings um, what we uh, are struggling with is um, meeting technology that allows us to do that. So and there are a whole range of meeting systems around, um, it, and some of them which we are using uh, for internal meetings. What we have to be able to do, though, is to have a technology that not only allows us to have a meeting and every member to take part in uh, that, meeting but also for the public to be able to watch it at the same time and in some cases for the public to be able to take part uh, as well in terms of our routine meetings. So uh, there isn't an obvious technological solution to that and we're trying to uh, find that and I I think uh, other councils are are having meetings but they're probably not, they will certainly won't be as open as they might have been uh, uh, under the normal system. No, so, no, no. by and large, we're doing everything under delegation at, at, at the moment and this delegation includes that uh, uh, I appointed two extra people that uh, basically that in terms of the statutory powers I've got, if I am unable to exercise those powers for whatever reason, then there are two, uh, there are two additional people who can exercise those powers in in my absence and there is stuff that legally Aren't executive power, so I'm not allowed to do it, and all of that's been delegated to the chief executive. Uh, who is uh, I'm gonna do executive things, I can't do non executive things. <laughs> uh, I won't go through what the difference is between the two, and there is one exception to that as well, which is licensing panels. Uh, licensing panels cannot be delegated to every anybody, and they have to meet in person still. Oh, sorry, school appeals. Uh, school appeals at the moment, we can't do school appeals rem- remotely, so we're building up an enormous backlog of school appeals at the moment.
0: And then, looking in the city centre, there are a few things that obviously the council is taking advantage of the lack of footfall, uh, road repairs and so on, so I mean, that, that seems to have moved incredibly quickly.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's, we're doing a, a few things. We've we've clearly got a couple of major schemes that impact on the city centre, so uh, Great Ancoat Street and uh, Medlock Street uh, Princess um, Parkway uh, scheme under the Mancunian Way there, and where we've got those schemes, we're trying to uh, accelerate those and use the fact that there is uh, very little traffic, either vehicular traffic or footfall traffic, to 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 get those stuff done quickly. But also other areas like uh, uh, pavement resurfacing and so on. Uh, using the opportunity that they're not full of business signs and so on in order to be able to uh, get those done as, as well. So, uh, there might be some advantages that for when businesses do reopen, and uh, the sooner the better, but that uh, a lot of that stuff will have been done and will be out of the way or will take less, less time to complete when they come back. There is a general thing about businesses, though, and uh, again, not I think, well, sorry, widely misunderstood about which businesses can operate uh, and which can't. And clearly, government have published a list of businesses that cannot operate. Um, That's that's very, very clear. All other businesses can operate, uh, but are expected to, as far as possible, comply with Public Health England guidelines around social distancing, around Uh, washing facilities about uh, hand sanitizers and and, and so on. Uh, I think some people think that there is some category of essential businesses and they're the only ones that can operate. That is not the case at all. Unless businesses are basically being instructed not to operate, all other businesses can operate. Yeah, and I think
0: it's still quite surprising to people how many businesses are continuing to operate, call centers and so on. Having, having introduced social distancing for banks, have massively expanded because of mortgage holidays and, and all of those issues, and uh, Manchester has a fair few of those. So there are actually still a substantial number of office staff, particularly in the city centre.
1: Well, it's is what we've done ourselves as the council, is that uh, for our contact centre, particularly for our emergency number, I, I didn't mention earlier the support, of course, that we're giving to vulnerable uh, people, that we're coordinating all of that. Uh, as well, not a normal council function, but something we're uh, we're, we're doing at the moment. But uh, the contact centre there, we've moved into a floor of the town hall because our normal contact centre, it doesn't allow for social distancing by moving people into the floor of the town hall. Then we can operate a a contact centre and maintain social distancing. So we're using the fact that several thousand people are working from home in order to be for those people who need to go in to, to work to be able to do uh, that work in a way that is safe. Um, we talked a bit through, uh, through some of the funding help that was
0: was available. Um, now we've actually started operating and you've started getting grants going out. Obviously, there's the rate, rates help for businesses. Um, what's come up as an issue? What's come up as a problem? Um, what unforeseen um, consequences have we seen that we,
1: we you'd like the government to tighten up? Uh, well, things that we might not have uh, uh, predicted. So, in terms of uh, contacting businesses that we think we think that are eligible for grants, a lot of those businesses were already because they were small businesses. were already getting a hundred percent rate relief. So, we know where they are, but we don't have any bank details uh, for them because they're not they're not paying us any money. So, we want to have those bank details. So, there are, there are things like that that have certainly got in the way of uh, being able to implement schemes as quickly as we we would uh, like. Um, I think in in terms of government schemes, which uh, a, a lot of what they've uh, proposed, I think, has been fairly positive. Uh, but I think what we're running into are uh, the furlough scheme. This other the more uh, bigger 100-plus employee uh, companies. They're getting to the point where they're going to have to start issuing redundancy notices uh, aiming towards the uh, end of when the furlough scheme uh, is. So we need some certainty. Is it stopping? Is it going to continue? Um, If government uh, is going to extend the lockdown then hopefully we'll get information uh, about that. Uh, Clearly, the loan scheme, apart from the difficulty of getting loans from banks even even now, uh, the loan schemes, taking out a loan is not going to help some businesses. Uh, their their cash flow is and their margins are such that being able to service a loan when they get back in operation is just not going to work for them. So, uh, whether the grant scheme currently covers enough businesses uh, and that could be about size of business, but I think there are sectoral issues uh, as, as well. Uh, I think that is an issue and something we're taking up with government. A uh, big issue for businesses that are in. Uh, mixed uh, or sorry not mixed hered- rediments uh, single rediments but with multiple businesses uh, in so the uh, rates are all paid through the building owner or the landlord and it is basically then about how we we are able to deal with the companies within uh, w- within there and it often the the building as a whole is not entitled to rate relief because of its uh, uh, the, the scale. But if, if you were to treat it as the individual businesses, they would be uh, yeah. eligible. And then it's also, if we are giving the rate relief to the uh, to the landlord, how do we know that any of that will ever get to the uh, businesses in there as well? So there, there are quite a number of, I, I think, quite um, tricky. Uh, problems that, in terms of getting support to the right people that there are obvious ways of being able to do it? Yeah it's it's one of those things that actually move very very quickly with the headline
0: figures but then as we start to work through and start to look at a number of the issues it it becomes um, considerably more problematic. One of the things we've seen a lot in the nighttime economy is as you'll be aware as as somebody likes to go to restaurants occasionally um, you know you might have a single owner for seven or eight establishments but each of those may well be a separate limited company because that's the safest way of doing it. If, if those don't have, if each of those doesn't have three years of records, then you aren't going to get a loan. So, we've seen quite a few companies that have five, six, seven establishments where they've only been offered loans for one or two of those. Which means if you're employing seventy or eighty people, you're probably going to let sixty of those go. And that, working through those sort of things becomes quite problematic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it does. And uh, de- devising schemes that uh, can, to deal with those sorts of issues, is pretty hard.
0: Uh, Finally, Billy, I mean, we don't know what after is going to look like or um, how long it's going to take, but I guess the betting is it's going to be a gradual resumption of business, trying to keep in, um, you know, and and some businesses opening before others, uh, keeping in the social distancing, keeping a lot of the controls in. Um, I mean, how much of this, the work of what that's going to look like, particularly in the city centre, how the council is going to manage that is, is going on already.
1: Uh, well, we've started that, both at uh, Greater Manchester, because I think the local industrial strategy will still be the bedrock on which we will plan uh, recovery around, but also within the City Council itself. And uh, although a lot of people have been allocated clearly to COVID-related work within the City Council, uh, we're also making sure that, particularly in growth and development, that there are Uh, Staff that are not being drawn into that and are going to be used for uh, recovery planning uh, work. Um, I think it's fairly clear to me, anyway, that however we come out of the recovery, and I think you're right, it will be uh, a phase basis. I think most commentators expect a a U exit from uh, the the crisis rather than a V exit from the crisis. Uh, I I think it's going to be probably something like a three year. exit from, uh, from the crisis we're in, it's not going to be particularly uh, quick. But one of the things we have to do as a city, as we've done historically, is to be able to uh, prevent a very clear narrative uh, about uh, where we're going as a city, uh, that we are uh, open for business, that we will continue to develop, we will get back onto the sort of uh, growth trajectory that we're on previously. But we also have to be realistic about that. We went into uh, COVID-19 as one of the fastest growing uh, city economies in, in Europe, certainly the fastest city uh, economy for growth in, in the UK. Uh, like every other city, we're going to go back into a recession. Um, uh, the, the best way of uh, dealing with that is being very clear of the circumstances we're in, but also recognising we've been there before and what we need to do in order to be able to uh, grow out of that. And, Part of what we need to grow out of that is to have a very clear strategy that partners, uh, private sector partners in particular are engaged with, that understand uh, a part of the design of that policy, is if we're able to develop that clear narrative, if we're able to give that positive story, it will start to give confidence to business that they are able to get back on their feet, and and for a lot of businesses, they're able to grow. Uh, we're going to lose business because we always lose business in a recession. But what also happens in a recession is you get lots and lots of new businesses uh, You have to support those new businesses and for a lot of them to be able to grow because that will be part of the future. That's how we grew post-2008 and it's how we will grow now. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's my pleasure.